great things happening, uh, Zambia Blog Talk Radio, and a lot of other things that will be coming up on my show and uh, the upcoming show later on on this segment. 
We are going to be talking education this morning, Bella. We are going to be joined by a gentleman based in Japan. So you see, that's the beauty of technology. You can talk to anybody in any parts of the world. How is Atlanta, Georgia, my friend? Uh, Atlanta as well. Thank you. How are you today? Uh-huh. Uh, it's not. It's raining heavily here. It's going to be a rainy day. That's Texas for you, Texas weather. Believe it or not, it was 49 degrees yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> no, here the weather's been pretty good. We haven't had those extremes. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's good. So everybody listening, you go online, click on the link that we shared on Facebook, and uh, call in. And you can tag a friend, invite a friend, tell them these guys who make noise on the show are back again this Saturday morning. Let's listen to what they have to say. Uh, let's talk about one thing here, very important, as you've been hearing us uh, talk about this all the time. Zambia Block Talk Radio, this is the year. In fact, this is the month when we started Bela. Our first show was aired on, I believe it was May the 16th, somewhere there. So we are celebrating 10 years exactly this May, uh, May 20, 2009. That's when we launched our first uh, broadcast. And so we're going to gather in uh, in Dallas, Texas, uh, September 13th and the 14th. would like everybody to come and join us as we hang out and uh, just look at some things and sort out and deliberate. The ambassador is going to join us. He's our keynote speaker. And a few other friends and people that are coming from across the other parts of the world. And we we expect to get delegates from Zambia, Europe, and all those places. So just go to our page, zbtr.org, and you are going to be able to register there. Uh, we have some special deals going on with the hotel. So the earlier, the sooner you do it, the better. Okay, That's what is going on there for our 10th anniversary. Uh, Dr. Patrick, good morning. Mwambini. Mwekilini. Mwashivuken. Mwashivuken. Mwishani. Mweno, mwishani. Bella, this man is serious. He'll soon be more Zambian than all of us here. How's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my family? Right about that. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are all doing fine. We missed you last week. Yeah, but I was listening. I couldn't get yes, to the phone, I but I was listening. <laughs> uh-huh. you, you were on the road. Where were you heading? Tennessee. Oh, Okay. That uh, that was yeah. not a very long drive, was it? It was wasn't it? Oh, I flew, I flew. Oh, you flew, you flew, you flew. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's uh-huh. good. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. That's important. Today we are going to be talking educational matters or um, educational issues, Doctor Pat. But before we do that, our guest is uh, getting ready to join us from Japan. Japan. We are in All Japan right. today. Mm-hmm. That's that's the power of Zambia Block Talk Radio. We are in Japan. Dr. Pat, in two minutes, can you lay out the significance and importance of people joining us in September at this 10th anniversary event? 
Yes, yes. If you want to attend the conference where you will benefit from the conference as opposed to the conference benefiting from you, the Mm -hmm. Zombie Block Talk Radio Anniversary is the place to go. Go to the conference. Come to the conference with, with something to be gained, something to be learned. And prepare yourself to seek this information out, and you will surely get it. Know what yes. you're attending the conference for, and be prepared, be prepared to get it. It's, it's a wonderful mm. experience, and it's a learning experience. So Excellent. we welcome all, all of our family to come out. Yes, we want everybody to join us from all parts of the world. Come and celebrate with us this milestone, 10 years of broadcasting and uh, hanging out with uh, people all over the world. It's amazing, they, 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 you know, the kind of people that we've spoken to on this forum across the world, just like this morning, we're saying today, this morning in, in Dallas, of course, and the, the, the Americas, North America, it's morning here. Europe and Africa, it's afternoon, and the other parts of the world, the Western, uh, what do you call it, the Western world, Australia, Japan, they are, they are, it's evening, and we, today we're in Japan, like I said, Dr. Pat. That's right. And uh, That's right. Yeah, joining us, we, we've done this, we've spoken to people all over from all parts of the world, so this 10th anniversary is very important for us to get together. I, in fact, one of our objectives and remember, is that, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and remember, this this conference in September, it won't yes. be a conference to be forgotten. It'll be a conference no. to be remembered because we follow up. Whatever you learn mm-hmm. or information that you gathered and you want additional information, we will get to get that to you via Zombie Blog Talk Radio or in person. We'll get back That's to you right. to continue up. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right, let's 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 begin today's business and uh, get into nitty-gritty. This I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Uh, this morning we are wherever you are listening, afternoon, evening, we are joined by Mr. Simon Sakala, who is the founder and trainer at Taco Education and uh, Education Business Solutions. Um, Mr. Sakala, I, I'm referring to him as an engineer turned educationist. He's going to explain how that happened. Uh, Brother Simon, good evening to you. Uh, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity. And I'd like to right away take this opportunity to congratulate you for the 10 years. You've done a great job. I've participated in a few programs, and it's been great. Congratulations. Yes. Yes, thank you, sir, very much. As a matter of fact, those listening to us may not. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Simon, because a lot of people may not know that actually when we started this, a lot of work was done with uh, an organization called Zambia Diaspora Connect, which uh, which Simon, Mr. Sakala here from Japan, is a part of. And we we were into a lot of discussions about a lot of things, and some of the things that have happened now, like what you call it, the thing we're talking about, the diaspora policy by the government and your citizenship came as a result of those conversations. That's a discussion for another day. Now, my first question to Simon today is, how does how did an engineer turn out to be an educationist? What happened? 
Well, that's a very good question. And uh, yeah, well, it's one of the things that you don't plan for. Actually, I tried my own uh-huh. to avoid it. Um, so <laughs> I always call myself, uh, I'm, I, I say I'm, I'm an engineer as well. <laughs> yes, yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, uh, this is, the story begins about 20, this is coming close to 22 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. My wife ha- had to come over here to, uh, in Japan to come and study. In fact, uh, yes. she she didn't want to come here <laughs> she, um, <laughs> because of various reasons, uh, one of which was, you know, the language problems are different from and she, she she had uh, it's a very interesting story because she had an opportunity to go where she wanted to go to the United Kingdom, but her boss just wanted her to come here because she had worked um, under a professor from here at the University of Zambia. Okay. So that's how we ended up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had um, um, two things with me when I landed and and on first <laughs> uh, November 1997. In the bright morning at Narita Airport, I had a suitcase okay. with me and a, and a dream. <laughs> well, of yeah, course. And um, <laughs> my dream my dream was to go to graduate school and further my studies in civil engineering. But as fate would have it, that was not that didn't work out. And actually, it was a very difficult time for me uh, because I faced two major problems. Uh, the first one of which mm-hmm. was that the uh, very Few universities offered programs in English, and this is very oh wow difficult to get into universities. And um, the other problem was that I didn't have the money, and uh, so <laughs> my hope was to get a part-time job, raise money, and find myself a place to at a university somewhere. But in spite of having struggled for a long time, I couldn't. I didn't have much luck. Until one mm-hmm. day, a friend of a friend told me about teaching English in the YMCA, and I said, well, me? What are you talking about? But then um, I said, what if I, 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 it's, it's even better than, that's much better than sitting at home. Because I couldn't even go anywhere. I was afraid that if I got lost, I wouldn't find my way home because I didn't <laughs> speak Japanese. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, I started doing also cleaning the house, and uh, I would rearrange the house, <laughs> rearrange the furniture in the home, and wait for mm-hmm. one to come back. And then, so then I I decided to try teaching. So I, mm. you know, I I was given I went for this interview. I passed the interview, and um, but then I, the first class I gave me was a class of one of the class one of the first classes was. Children. These were four children, five-year-olds, and you know I couldn't wow. handle them. Uh, so after a week, I said I went to my boss and I said, "Honestly, I am wasting these children kids' time. I want to quit." I was very guilty that I was, mm. I was wasting their time. And then they said, "No, no, okay, we'll give you an assistant." And uh, it sounds so funny now because children is my. You can give me any number of children with. <laughs> I would. I would I, I always come up with something to do with them now. I, I, they'll never get bored. But that time before, I couldn't handle those four. And they had an assistant in this mm-hmm. small room uh, who 
I thought that should have been given the job instead because she was she had very good English command. She had a very good command of English. But then, yeah, so that's how I survived. But then, so what happened was after that, I I was still looking for something better to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the time came. There was a time when I was thinking about. Uh, I was seriously considering whether it was reasonable for me to even go to college because I thought if even if I managed to raise the money and it paid for my college, those were very high fees, and then I, would I be able to make that money? How long would it take me to make that money when I return to Zambia? So I yeah. thought, well, probably it's even just better to do something else. And I was in between until one day I went for a meeting in Tokyo. There was a preacher from America who came, and he preached from the book of Exodus, the story of Moses. And uh, the, the title of the message was A Miracle in Your House. And um, he said, you see, some of you here, you have something in your hands, like Moses did have a road in his hand, and you're looking for something else to do. So you see, Moses' road became the road of God, and Moses was able to do everything was sent by God to do. And with that thought, there's someone here sitting here. There's something that you can do right now, but you're looking for something else to do. <laughs> I said that. Wow. Really. <laughs> so, so what I did was finally I went back home and I said, okay, what should I do with what I have in my hand? So that's how I, I decided I was going to learn. I thought it, in, incompetence was one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it. So I said, how could I make myself competent? So I, I went on the path of learning and mm-hmm. uh, trying to, to apply the best again. So that's how I got into teaching. And then eventually when I got good 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 at it, then I started liking it. And I'm very glad it happened that way. <laughs> yeah. So when you say you went on a path yeah. of learning, what do you mean by that statement? You, you... Oh, well, I started to learn. I just made learning a habit. Um, I'm a mm-hmm. habitual learner now I read I, in different ways. I read books all the time. I attend okay. seminars. I, I, and so that time, I just wanted to know about how to be an effective teacher. So every opportunity I had to learn, I would just jump on it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, when, I was, when, I was reading, when I was reading something about your journey to Japan and the things that you went through, there, there's a statement here which says transformation through personal education. Could you elaborate on that before we go? We, we start talking about your organization. What, what do you mean by transformation okay. through personal education? Well, yeah, transformation is to basically change, uh, where you, mm-hmm. uh, you change for the better. And most of the time, you see, it's a general trend that when we come out of college, we sell our books if we, uh, <laughs> or we, we do, give them away. <laughs> and then we throw away everything that... Um, and that's it. So we say we've finished all the education and then we can work. But you see, I, I, I circumstances made me realize that that actually was not supposed to be the end. So I started learning. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what I do now, can you imagine, I live in a country where I did not go to school. Um, uh, everything is different here. Most uh, yeah. culture is different. And I work in a language that I never learned at school. So I acquired it after my 30th birthday. And wow. 
I'm in a profession that I never went to college, uh, you know, uh, to, 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 to train. Uh, I started learning that after uh, college. I've even submitted some papers to the World um, Association for Men Infant Mental Health. This is completely different from everything I did at school. But I had to, I just did that through reading personal Mm. Uh, education, reading books. I read about everything that I think is uh, going to help me. I read business books. I read uh, psychology, cognitive psychology, social psychology, and all kinds okay. of, and on uh, developmental psychology. So, and I read about performance, and uh, you know, I read about uh, personal uh, development. I read uh, across um, fields. I've read some books on some on my macroeconomics, <laughs> mm -hmm. just to mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. This, so that has really helped me um, better understand things better and being able to do what I've been, I've been able to do. Yes. Interesting. Uh, so Simon, so you you founded this organization called Taco. I hope I'm saying it right. Taco Education. No, that's, that's right. That's and it, Mm -hmm. uh, yes, yes. Taco Education and Education Business Solutions. Uh, talk to us about that and how you founded this organization and what it's about. Okay, yes. First of all, the word taco is octopus in Japanese. Oh, really? Um, the English, yes. Like octopus, <laughs> the, 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 the thing in the water, in the ocean, the octopus? Yeah, the, the sea. The, yeah, yeah, the octopus because it has eight the sea arms. creature, whichever way. And mm. yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I like teaching using metaphors. So I, over time, I developed this model uh, which has mm -hmm. eight steps. Um, so I had to think of what is it that if it it doesn't have eight steps or eight arms, or whatever, it's not complete. And mm -hmm. the, the octopus came up. Yeah, so that's how I said, okay, so now how can I make this um, nice? So I said, okay, I'm going to use the word taco, the Japanese one. And the English version of that is ease. Um, oh, okay. Uh, e, yeah, that's the acronym for eight arms to a successful enterprise, uh, which is ease. And it's uh, it also, um, I've used that <laughs> as a pun to me, uh, okay, too. To mean what the uh, the implication is something that it brings is some sort of ease mm -hmm. to whatever you're doing if you follow it. So, the yeah and oh this is oh uh, I came up with this from I just looked at how I have developed my English school business. Okay. Uh, from the uh, the the eight arms. Uh, so first of all, I had to. But when I started teaching. Uh, I I decided I was going to be on my own, and after a few years, I left and I started set I set up. Uh, okay, I was setting it up slowly while I was working and um, reducing my workload at, at my at YMCA while increasing number of hours I was spending on my business until it was good big enough to support me and my family. So that's when I left. But I had to go through this eight process, eight, eight step process. Um, first of all, I have to I had to decide what is it. I, it's the first arm is the standard. What is it that you want to achieve, and how do you want to achieve it? And uh, it was not just about it's not just about I want to get children that can speak English, but I have to get them to speak English very well. 
so mm-hmm. the, that has to be with uh, an ad- adjective which implies uh, something necessary. Otherwise, I'd, I, was, I was going to join someone else. But I had to come up with something <laughs> why, to give a reason why I should form it. And then go yes. to the second arm is to be able to achieve this, this, this goal. What do I need? I had to set up a system to deliver the results. And then, uh, so the second is a system. And the third is uh, what I call to organize. So if you have a system, you have to organize. And in that organizing, I have to think about who is going to be involved. Who are the parties involved? Like in the schools, it's the three, the, the four parties, the student and the parents, the teacher and the support staff. And how can they work the system? And then the fourth one is how can I bring satisfy the client or how can we bring about satisfactory results? And then those satisfactory results will lead to this fifth, which is a brand. Brand is about mm. what people know you know you for. It's not like a, a cool logo. But <laughs> what <laughs> what do I want to be known for? If people say Oasis, what should come up to the mind of uh, the person? And then brand will bring about influence. When you have a brand, you get influence. Influence is simply being a leader. You you dictate uh, the direction uh, on the marketplace. And uh, in order to achieve those results, you need to have to be able to have power, influence to get people to do what you want them to do. I, I have to get the parents to do what I want them to do. I have to get the students to do what I want them to do, otherwise you'll not get the result. And then when you have the influence, it leads to enrollment, which is the seventh, uh, which is increased, this incremental uh, in the figures, uh, yeah, the number of students um, yeah, or the number of membership, whatever you're uh, about. And then it, that leads now to the final, which is the eighth, which is uh, improvement on the bottom line, which is a profit. So the profit yes. comes right at the end, not at the beginning. So that's how, and so I've just realized that this, so after working this, I just realized that it can actually be applied almost in every, in any enterprise. And I've also, I came up, I put these things together through studying a lot of um, enterprises and businesses and entrepreneurs. So and putting things that I thought were pertinent to my business and that would work for me. And uh, so this is how I came up with this. And then, so education is basically, uh, education. Education is on two tiers. Like in my school, of course, it's education, which is English, basically. But we have yes. to educate about learning English. So I have to educate my teachers about teaching. I have to educate the staff about their role. I have to educate the parents about their role. So it's and if I have to, if it's a school, we have to educate the school in order that it should educate the students. So that's what that's the first part of education. Now, education business simply means support to enterprises that are involved with education. In in which, I, for for instance, you have schools, you um, to support, to reach out to schools that so the education businesses. So this is what it's all about. So it, it, it's uh, I've been able to do some training for teachers for school owners. And last year I had an opportunity to. Uh, have this workshop at one of the private schools in Lusaka. It was the first. Okay. I, by the way, this was not the first time I've been working on this for the past three, four years. So last year was like the best result I ever had. 
and so mm. we and that is where we want to proceed from yeah that's so amazing maybe. because basically what you have done is uh with my colleagues here who are everybody listening to us from whichever part of the world is like people simon don't think of applying the model that you have outlined on education process because I think based on what you have outlined, the last point you have given profit seems to be the least the, the the item we put on top instead of it being the last thing that you have said. Uh why That's do you right. think people yeah, why do you think we go through the challenges we go through? Because remember your challenge was the, you had this dream and then there's another phrase here which I'll, I'll, I'll quote from your writings to say, the education I had acquired prepared me for the changes. In, or based on what you have outlined, these steps on taco or octopus, and then us putting the last point to be the first point in the way we think, in whatever business model we want to take. I want you to speak to yeah. that, to everybody listening to this, so that they understand the importance of having things outlined in a proper way. Oh, yeah. In fact, you see, the, the, the thing about, uh, uh, like I was just participating a little bit in another discussion on Facebook, one of the young people talking about mm. uh, whether it's necessary to, it was worth it to pay for education. Um, mm -hmm. So I said, you see, education is not the thing, it's, but rather it's what do you do without education? Um, and I said the education I went through it prepared me because, you see, education, especially the college education, gives you structure. It gives you a certain way of doing things. And uh, it gives you a certain way of looking at issues, a certain perspective, and which you can use in whatever endeavor you, uh, you, you have to undertake after that. So uh, that is very, very important. And um, uh, if you look at the, four, the first four arms of the tackle, model is the things you mm. do and the last four is the result you get and most of the time people want to uh, get the results you know and um you want to climb the tree from the leaves, <laughs> from uh, the leaves. you don't want to go <laughs> yeah you don't want to go through these training this train of climbing from the bottom where you Mm. Um, people, like in the other, uh, I wrote about, I think, uh, there is the fact that you see, uh, we don't go to school, okay, not, uh, we don't go to school in order to earn money. It's uh, because if, um, it means that if we had money, then we wouldn't go to school. But yeah. but for goodness sake, you have doctors, you can become a doctor without going to school. You can become a doctor. No, I mean, those can't. are things that need a lot of time of committed, dedicated learning, not for the money, but for the knowledge, for the skills that you want to get. So money mm. is the payoff of what you deliver, what you offer. Um, the service or the product that you give is what gives you the money. So the better and the more uh, people it reaches out to, uh, the better the, the last peak, the profit. So if you think about it in those terms, you're on your way to being successful because you'll be able to, to create something that will be able to uh, create value and then the value will come back to you in form of money. Yeah. Amazing. 
You are listening to Zambia Block Talk Radio this morning and evening in the Western Pacific and afternoon in Europe. We are joined by Mr. Simon Sakala. He's the founder of TACO Education and Education Business Solutions. He's joining us from, I think I can say, Tokyo, Japan. I know he lives in the peripherals of Tokyo, but that's okay. Um, our yes, friends here are waking up. It, it's within Tokyo, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like somebody saying I live in, although I know the comparison doesn't arise, like somebody saying they live in, like what, Makeni, Kabulonga, all those places, but it's Lusaka, something like that. It's a city and Lusaka province, you know. Ah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you see, what you are saying, back to our, our discussion, Simon, I, you know, when I was yes. doing this, I said to myself, it's like, you know, the education that we acquire prepares us for things that we, 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 we don't even, it doesn't matter whether you're an engineer, theologian like myself, a scientist, or uh, like Dr. Patrick and Dr. Monsanje here in their medical fields and whatever they did. There is one component that I realized I said, you know, Bella, I was thinking about that, and my friend Roger here, we talk about this all the time in Asakara. I said to myself, that skill that I got from my my college education, the ability to research and write those ten papers and things like that, how it I didn't even realize how it has worked in helping us deliver a good product of a radio show. Because if I know I'm going to be talking to Mr. Sakala, who is an educationist and he's established this organization. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize how much reading I've done doing this radio show as a car. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I have to say this that, you know, um, I teach English, but you see, my, mm-hmm. my background has given me such a huge advantage because yes. I've had to question some things uh, from the point of view of, you know, engineering design. And I'm, mm-hmm. you see, that's what I've been able to. Uh, help me beat the competition. I come up with something that's very different, and people can't mm-hmm. copy it because they don't know how I do it. But no, they can't I, because I they are not things. you. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. very, very true, and it's 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 a system of you know. It's like I'll give an example. It's like when we started this, like you may, when we we started this radio show. What I I used to listen to, listen and watch everything. ESPN radio shows talk shows, opera, <laughs> you know, I, I was trying to improve my skills. And you know, Bella, something dawned on me and said, why don't you look to your inside and produce something unique? You know? That's right. That's then great. I went, like you, like, you, like you have tabulated on your right up here, everybody, I would encourage you to go to uh, Simon's Facebook. It's simply Simon Sakala. I know when you do Simon Sakala, our friends, there are so many times. You'll see a gentleman standing with his wife there. Just go there and read some of the things that are there. The reason I'm saying this, Simon, is because you you talk about, you know, the thing about empirical, is that systems, how you call it engineering, and how you have applied that to the education system. And you see, in my search and quest with my colleagues here to do a better radio show, I started applying those principles of how you understand the Bible. That's that's the way I approach it. All right. I, I took that approach, yeah. And I said to myself, like you have said, I need to produce something unique which is not out there anyway. 
This is not about Nathan or Roger or it's about Mr. Sakala. Okay. The next thing I want you to discuss with us is this question of you did a, a, a simple research and you, you asked a, uh, a number of kids this question. Why do we go to school? Share with our listeners what the results you came up with and the four points that you tabulate why we go to school. Oh, yes, that's good. Um, yeah, you see, most of the the common questions, uh, the answers I get is, well, I go to school so that I can go to a good college. So that, so mm-hmm. I can get a good job. Uh, or some say I go to school because everybody go to school, goes to school. What would happen if I didn't go to school? Or I go to school because my parents said I should go to school. And uh, and so then, so those were just the general answers that I would get. And then, because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I'd ask my children, say, look at look around in the room here. Can I see how many things are in the room? I mean, the lights and everything. Do you know that somebody, it, it didn't just come up, you know, people worked, they had deliberate uh, uh, effort, they had uh, deliberate plans to come up with this and the work. That's why you have it. When you were born, you were born in a hospital. That is because somebody built it. So, so you have to, so that's what I said saying, you see, you have to change the way you think about uh, the reason why to go to, you go to school. And, uh, mm-hmm. okay, I came up with, you see, there's something that, uh, one of the things that I, I really started with is how, you know, the Japanese children here, they they learn it, they, they have very little exposure to English, especially in elementary okay. school. They basically, everything is in, in Japanese, okay, 100%. They have nowadays they are introducing some lessons, uh, some English lessons, but it's not the, the, the amount that to make help them to even be able to speak. So it's just like introduction to English reading and uh, some English grammar. But I thought I, th- I said I think we I can make I I think I can find a way of making this uh, to be able to speak. But I had two made uh, there are a few constraints which we had to. Overcome. One is that the, uh, you know, they have only one hour of lesson per week. Oh I mean, wow! That's the only time they have, they have uh, to uh, exposure to English. Some are even worse. They have like fifty minutes or forty minutes of a lesson per week, and the parents don't speak English, and the TV is in Japanese. Everything. So basically, you have forty minutes of English per week. And uh, of course, I know that that is practically impossible for them to be able to speak. So I have to find a way. But then how do I, that's how I came up with the system. So I had, I said, okay, so the constraints are, one, it's time. They don't have enough time to practice. Mm-hmm. And two, they don't have um, an opportunity to look at a model uh, because we learn English by modeling. Uh, we speak, uh, the languages we speak, our mother tongue, by modeling, we we just we, we look at models. We we listen and then we just speak the way we uh, we, we get it. So, but they don't yes. have that opportunity. So, and then so I said, how can I uh, overcome these hurdles? Because for me to be able to get them to the standards of English that I uh, they, they need, I, I want them to to get to. They have to practice English every day. That's how we become a native speaker of any language. Uh, how how we acquire a language by speaking it every day. There's no other way. There's no shortcut. So then I came up with um, 
uh, I found some, it will come up as, uh, I found some online materials, but then I had to come up with a way to use those materials. And if you've taken anything online or, you know, uh, it's very likely that it, it's, the chances of completing any program are very small, even for adults. Okay, but what more? For Very true. I I I cannot I cannot stand I cannot stand online classes. I I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah. So, but that's very that is the only two I thought, and that is very powerful. So we that's how I came mm. up with the way uh, we have a system, and this I think uh, this what this is what led to the. Development of ETE education that endures, because yes. I thought the, the major thing that they have to do is to develop learning habits in the children. That's the only way. If they make learning a habit, so that they do it, they'd rather do it than not do it. Then they'll be able to to uh, to practice English as much as they have to. To, and then they'll be able to get these kids. And then we came up with um, uh, a system. We have, uh, and I think this can work for anywhere, uh, for, for anyone. And you know, some of the children in the program now in elementary school, lower elementary mm. school, can read as well as and even better than nat- uh, children, their uh, native speaking children, because they read more than an average native speaker of English. I mean, yeah. because they've developed a habit. And they, you know, I was surprised that some of the kids can read a lot, I mean, a lot better than some of the, most of the Zambian children, sad to say, of the same age. But they have only one hour of class per week. So they, so that's how I, I came up with this, this concept of education uh, so in the process, it was all because of how could I do, how could I? Then I came up with, I said, well, if I could give the children the reason why they go to school, because I discovered that mm. if they have the reason, then it makes sense. And they'll be learning all the time. They, to develop learning habits, they have to have a reason. And then I thought about everything we learn. So what is the end? <laughs> Just this, came up with a list of four things. It's one we learn because... We, it, we want to be alive and healthy. <laughs> That's why we learn biology. Um, we learn about the heart. But children, just, they just memorize those things, the heart and the parts of the body. And for what? But if you tell them that you need to understand that these things, if you know about this, then you know what is it that if you, it goes into your heart, is bad for your body. Mm. You know what it is that if you eat, eventually to affect the way your heart works, then that's bad for the body. And you know that if you, your lungs are, have to be clean, so if you put any substance, that's going to spoil that. Uh, you, you, you know you're spoiling your life. So that's why you, you have to learn about all these things. So uh, biology, chemistry, and all the other, the, if almost all the subjects you learn can be uh, plugged into one or several, all of these four elements. So that's life and living, life and, and health. And the second one is economy. Uh, that is generation of resources, management of resources, mm. distribution of resources. And this is where we learn numbers. Because if you have three apples at the elementary level, those are the resources you're talking about. So you have three apples and there's four of you. How do you share? And if you have uh, two apples and there's six of you, how many more apples do you need? So, And if you have eight apples and there's four of you, how many will each get? So you... 
you can actually teach in a single lesson multiplication, division, my, uh, subtraction, and addition. It's just that the system now is, I don't know why, we have to break these things up. That's why they become so abstract, and the children don't <laughs> see why they learn those It's so abstract. I mean, like, one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four, four plus one. You hear children singing that, and then a child can add all those numbers up to 20 plus 20 and say, oh, this kid is very smart, but it's just parity. But if you tell them, what those things, from the point of view of practical things and uh, objects that they see every day, you can do a lesson about apples of the childhood on the way they're relating to things they see to, you know, the lesson, counting cars, counting trees, and dividing things. They sit in the house, but they're looking at objects. So that's, that education will go on and on. And, you know, children have the capacity to um, innovate to come up with new ways of doing things if they have the chance. Yeah, so that's, and then the third one is uh, just about people, leadership. We learn about people. We learn geography to learn about people, where they live. We learn about leaders, history, about what people did. Hitler, the bad leader, who is the bad leader? um, Mahatma Gandhi, I mean, um, sorry, Mother Teresa, who is the good leader? And uh, what does the good leader do? And then, so geography, history, civics, and all those, it's about people and how you relate with people and how to become a leader is to be able to give that which you know to those that don't have as much knowledge. And then the fourth one is innovation. Innovation simply means to make life more convenient and more efficient. So that's why we learn. So the four reasons why we learn, um, I argue that the, 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 the reasons why we learn are those four on, at the basic level. They are why mm-hmm. to be alive and healthy. And then the second one is for the economy, the resources and management and uh, modification of resources. And the third one is for uh, leadership, uh, people skills. And the fourth one is innovation. Yeah, so that's that was basically in a nutshell. That's what led me to that. Yeah, excellent stuff. Mm. Uh, Dr. Patrick, uh, Bella, Roger, um, anybody listening, if you have a comment, you can post it on our Facebook page. We shall read it out to Mr. Sakala. Um, Roger, you are listening to Mr. Sakala here. Yeah, Mr. Sakala, welcome. Uh, Very interesting. Thank you. Yeah, very interesting uh, discussion. Um, The four of them uh, being alive, the economy, Leadership and um, in, in, in innovation. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like them um, because okay. when I start first yeah. and foremost with uh, being alive, um, a lot of us who have got a little bit of education, when you know your weight is going beyond a certain limit, we, we tend <laughs> to do something. You might run not every day, but at least. Because of education, they are telling you you can go and Google. Cholesterol does this, like Nathan was uh, saying. <laughs> because of the education, you can still go to the Internet, and they'll explain something. Mm-hmm. And right. yet we, we go uh, in, the, in the village, something we are going to, to look at today, uh, this issue of uh, ma- malaria uh, back home. It is usually in mm-hmm. the village. The people yeah. who are not uh, educated. There are some small, small things they've told us. If you cut your grass, you limit the breeding ground of malaria. But guess what? People don't even care. Don't care. Now, why? Because uh, 
the education the education they have or none of the education doesn't even tell them that there is a relationship between a mosquito to bite you and a breeding uh, space. So right. I, this is why I'm I'm loving this. And I, I, I will jump the other ones, and then I go to uh, to innovation. When when I look, Mr. Sakala, at education, um, education sometimes I, I think of it like um, the creators of the internet. They didn't know the monster they were creating, and that is right. the, what education does to you. When you you are there exposed to some of the classes we were exposed to. You, we were even asking, why am I learning this class? Mm, and then, in, <laughs> as you go in future, you meet a certain situation. Now you are bright. Back then, that professor told me about this thing. Now you know how to, to apply it. Uh, this thing I've, I've, I've seen here, Mr. Sakala, today, uh, what else can I do with this thing? Uh, uh, I'll give you my example. Like, for instance, when mm -hmm. I go home in Kasempa, Mr. Saka, mm -hmm. uh, you, yeah. you find people are seated at the village. Oh, there is nothing to eat. Mm -hmm. And then you look around. All over them, there is food. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, because I'm educated, I'm seeing food. To them, no, there is a, as far as they're, they're concerned, uh, there, is, uh, there, there, is, uh, there, there is no food. And yet, mm -hmm. all they need to do, for instance, I, I, I told my, uh, uh, this village I work with, this pineapple mm -hmm. you are seeing here, there are several ways you can eat this pineapple. You can make a drink, you can make this, you can make, do this, you can do this, you can do this. <laughs> and I want to agree with you. That is all because of right. education. As far as the right. people of Northwestern province are concerned, pineapple is just to cut in pieces and eat. And yet pineapple can produce jam, pineapple can produce a drink, pineapple can produce, uh, tell me, uh, essence in the house, a freshener in the house. Yeah. Anyway, I stop. <laughs> yeah, you see, um, actually, you know, one thing that I, 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 I want, um, especially everyone in the education sector, to really think seriously about is the aspect of uh, is the fact that you see education any any kind of education uh, will have the, the benefit of that would depend largely on the mindset on which it sits. I mean, two yes. people could be mm. having the same kind of education, but if their mindset mm -hmm. is different, you have two different uh, results at the end of the day. And I think one of the major focus of the primary education in Zambia should be that aspect of shifting the mindset of children. And uh, opinion, you know, children don't have opinion apart from that which society gives them, uh, which it might say the simplest system of beliefs. Yes. And uh, so, like you said, you see your belief, because of your mindset, you see solutions, you see food, but their mindset is not developed like that. You know, I've seen on Facebook, for example, um, these pictures of um, schools in rural areas. This is a thatched, uh, uh, it's a school with thatched roof, and it's such, in such a dilapidated condition. And you see this teacher taking a picture next to it, the roof is got curved down, and look at the inside, and the government is neglecting us. It's, 
I'm, that's my, my question is, for goodness sake, why can't somebody do something about this? No, doesn't anybody, does, isn't there anybody who cares about those children? It's, if such kind of help as they need does not come, can someone think of how they can just go in the bush, cut new fresh grass, and mm-hmm. rebuild that thing, dig some mud, and just give it a better look than that does? And it's it's all a sign of that mindset of uh, you know thinking that we I'll sit and something will come from somewhere else and not being able to say uh, what can I do and one of the things that we te- I teach in um, I do with teachers is the fact of being the, the aspect of being resourceful. Most of the time, it's not the lack of resources, but the inability to the lack of being you know in um what's it lack of resourcefulness. So uh, if we could target, uh, you know, target the change of mindset before we teach them um, whatever we have to teach, and these are simple things like you just be responsible for your own things around you. You're responsible for uh, making sure that where you sit is the place is clean. You're responsible for making sure that after the class is over, you put away things that you're supposed to put away. You're responsible to make sure that you bring everything that you need. And to just, you know, to, to first of all, teach these children that they are responsible. And uh, it's not, they shouldn't be waiting for somebody else to come and, you know, help them. And then, and then teach, show, starting from that, so you are responsible, and then we're going to teach you how to do that. I think that will probably change the, the kind of results getting the schools. I have I have a I have a business um proposal or suggestion for mm-hmm. you my brother. And oh you do okay. it does it does it does tell with education. It does tell with what uh we at Zombie Block Talk Radio have always talked about and it does tell with tourism. Okay. I'm sure you thought. I'm sure you thought about uh, giving um, classes to Americans, Zambians, mm-hmm. and Japanese about traveling mm-hmm. to Japanese traveling to Zambia, uh, Zambians mm-hmm. traveling to Japan, uh, mm-hmm. Americans traveling to Japan. But what they're mm-hmm. missing when they think of these travels. Is they're missing you. What they need right. is, for example, when I travel to Japan now, what I'm going to do is I would like to contact you so you can teach me and show me the do's and don'ts and also language on entry and traveling to get from one place to another. Cultural training. Right. That's what I would get from you, as opposed to just a novice going to Japan and hopefully they'll pick something up. And I, I'm sure our brothers and sisters in Zambia would like to do the same thing in their traveling um, thoughts and ventures. So if you can, think of um, maybe uh, preparing yourself a, a course for us in the future to travel to Japan for our Zambian brothers and sisters to travel to Japan, and likewise having the Japanese Tourist Bureau work with you to travel to Zambia or to travel to the United States. 
So if you can work something up like that, that'd be wonderful. And I'm sure Nathan and Roger could um, arrange a meeting with you and our brothers and sisters at the uh, tourist ministry in Zambia to get something going. And I'm sure you could work something out with the Japanese uh, ministry of tourism. And this would be something wonderful, something needed. Excellent, Dr. Pat. Okay, we, we have uh, about three minutes here as we wind up our discussion with uh, our brother Simon. Uh, the challenge I want to throw to all of us here is that uh, Dr. Pat, uh, Roger, uh, Baylor, and everybody else, Titus, uh, let's do something. And when I say let's do something, let's find a way to get Simon to our event in September. We need to find a sponsor to get him here. This is... This is information. This is something we need to deal with in our meeting, Roger. I mean, <laughs> okay, we run out of time. Well, Simon, <laughs> it, Thanks. yeah, we need to do that. I think this is one conversation that deserves a segment in that conference in September. Um, we have that. two minutes here. Yeah, what would be your final word to us, to everybody listening, about your experience and the way forward? Uh, yeah, for one thing that, uh, especially I speak this in, in the light of the Zambian situation now, because mm. I think the Lord needs to be done down there. But I would want, I'd like to say that the uh, one of the greatest assets or uh, one of the greatest um, heritage that uh, we have in Zambia is the, the history that we have. And uh, geographically, also we are very strategically located. And I think, mm. if and uh, and of, of course, in the last years, the, the private sector uh, has come up with a lot. Uh, the, there has been a lot of private sector, private sector involvement in education, which is a very positive thing. And I think if we do the right thing, uh, I think in a few years Zambia will be different. And if we can be thinking about that. Excellent. Well, that was our show for today. Mr. Simon Sakala joining us from Tokyo, Japan. It's almost 11 p.m. up there. Yes. <laughs> well, my brother, we do thank you taking the time to do this. And we shall, this, we shall definitely continue this conversation whichever way we shall do it. Like they say, online, uh, probably another discussion on this forum. And seriously, we need to work on having Simon to, to, to join us in, in September, whatever we need to do, whatever we I need love to that. do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for calling in. Good night, Simon, and greetings to your family, uh, to your wife from my wife. She, she was telling Thank me a lot so of much. things I didn't, I didn't even realize. Everybody, let's go back in for open forum. Thank you so much. Thank you. Can change your life. He's got to hold up. Hallelujah. I trust you, Lord. Hey. Hello, thank you. You are no anaweza. Who badly my shy are called. Who are no anaweza.